Welcome to the $7 Trillion Ideas to Save the World podcast. I'm your host, Nika Moini. I'm a master's in international affairs student in international economic policy with a focus on development financing at Carleton University. I'm also a community leader, advocate of youth entrepreneurship, and author of Careers in International Relations, Generation Z's Guide to Global Citizenship. You may have found this podcast through your interest in development finance, or just ideas to make the world a better place. Either way, there's a lot to learn, so let's get right into it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the $7 Trillion Ideas to Save the World podcast. Today, we have Avery here with us, who is going to talk about his social innovation and social entrepreneurship work and his ideas on closing the funding gap for the Sustainable Development Goals. So welcome. Hi, it's great to be here. Awesome. So maybe let's start by telling us a little bit more about who you are and what you're working on right now. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Uh, So uh, my name is uh, Avery Conda, and uh, I'll give you a little bit of a background of where I'm from. Uh, I'm from Barrie, Ontario. uh, So really close to Toronto. It's about an hour away, but uh, I'm a social entrepreneur and an impact investor. Uh, And so what that means is uh, social entrepreneurship is uh, being, uh, you know, a traditional entrepreneur, but also making a social impact. So that's really what I try to do with my businesses and what I'm involved in is I always try to align it with a social impact. And then impact investing is uh, investing in causes that provide that social impact. So uh, unlike angel investments, which sometimes are just for, you know, a return on investment, impact investing is uh, a social, economic, or um, environmental benefit with making um, an ROI at the end too. So that's a little bit of what I do. Those are my two uh, biggest things right now. Awesome. So let us know a little bit more about like your story and how you came to get involved with both social entrepreneurship and impact investing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it started a couple of years ago and it was really me trying to find where I fit. Uh, I've always considered myself to, to, you know, have that entrepreneurial spirit. I'm very driven. I'm very focused. I'm very uh, goal oriented, but I didn't really know where I fit because I found in traditional entrepreneurship, it uh, very much was for that business and very much for um, making uh, the company successful, but not necessarily having a, a very good impact on, you know, a social economic benefit. So I wanted to see where I fit and I went to a conference Uh, And the conference was held by uh, Mars Discovery District. So they're one of the largest uh, incubators, innovation centers in Toronto. And so when I went there, I got to learn about social entrepreneurship and impact investing. And that's how I really found myself. So since then, I've always aligned myself through that. And it's been, you know, four years of (laughs) the typical, you know, entrepreneurial stuff, working hard and, you know, 150 hour work weeks, but also a lot of sacrifices. You know, you have to put, invest a lot of time, but it's emotional. Uh, it's an emotional time as well. So I've learned a lot through it, but it's been, it's been quite the journey. So kind of getting more into like impact investing and social entrepreneurship, how do you think the impact investing space is changing? You know, it's something a lot of people <clears throat> are trying to get into these days or like a lot of banks and stuff are trying to take this kind of angle. So what have been like mm-hmm. some of the developments that you've seen? I mean, I'll talk from a Canadian perspective, because in Canada, I've seen it uh, completely uh, innovate the typical finance scene. I mean, uh, even 
traditional entrepreneurs or old school entrepreneurs, they are now impact investing. And, and what it's done is it's completely flipped the idea of just making a profit to also making an impact for uh, your community or something socioeconomic as well. So there's a huge spin on it because it's a win-win for everyone, right? It's not just uh, investing, you're also investing in people, you're investing in opportunity and and it's completely flipping the traditional uh, tech finance space. And uh, it's been really interesting in Canada just seeing this because, you know, the Canadian mentality very much is to be kind and you know, be as nice as you can. And it's, it's probably the most Canadian way you could invest. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. Um, <laughs> what would you say is like, um, like, would you say that a lot of like banks are trying to get into this right now or like what would you say are some changes that you've seen like even in the last five years um i mean I, i've seen some banks try to get into, get into it it's a little difficult because it's you have your qualitative and your quantitative values it's very qualitative social impact right you have to you create a quality but you make an roi which is your quantity um, I mean, I've seen it change a lot more in small spaces. I see a lot more carbon offset programs in Canada and also these companies that are providing that social impact as their direct correlation. So they're actually, they're, they're ben their existence is built on that social benefit. So it's, it's completely changing it. It really is. And um, it's interesting seeing companies now mandate that social or, or, you know, environmental or some kind of benefit into what they do rather than you know a traditional CSR program where it's just to say that they're environmentally aware or socio socioeconomically aware they're actually doing it like what do you think are some barriers in the way of people really being able to access um impact investments like if if i had a couple thousand dollars and i wanted to put it into an impact investment like do you think that's that's easy right now or what do you think are some barriers i mean there's, there's always going to be barriers and there definitely are barriers right now, but I would say every couple of months, those barriers are becoming less and less and less. Uh, a really interesting one that I saw in the States now can invest as little as $10 into a company. And a lot of these companies are, are um, socially driven as well. So it's really removing the barriers because now you don't have to be an accredited investor, right? You can invest in, uh, a, you know, a 17 year old kid could invest in a company. And I see that coming to Canada and I see it more private rather than, uh, you know, going through a stock exchange or going through something more traditionally, you're able to invest small pockets and it really allows people who, you know, maybe only have a thousand dollars or who have $500 or even more, but not as much as you would as a traditional angel investor, you can now invest that in into something that aligns with your moral values, but also brings you a profit. So it's really cool how, how much that landscape is changing. It's becoming more equitable. It's becoming more you know, opportunistic. It's allowing people to uh, be a part of that investing scene. Right, so where would that person go though? Like if they don't go to a traditional bank, like type of, do you know of any like websites or places that you can currently go to right now in Canada? Um, to do impact investing? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a, a really interesting one out of Toronto called CoPower. And what they are is they're uh, green bonds. So they invest into uh, the, you know, the clean tech industry and uh, anything that's related to an environmental impact. So it could be uh, something as small as, um, as wind turbines to something as large as 
uh, large scale your own money. And they have, I think, four and six year plans. And you create, you make a little tiny bit. It's not, uh, you don't make a lot of money, but you can always make a return on investment from your initial, uh, from your initial investment. And they're a private company that does this, but they work with RSPs as well. So you can apply a, you know, a retirement plan, you can apply a, a TFSA, you can apply these things to these programs. And then you're not only making that return on investment, but you're also getting that social impact. So that, that's one of the Toronto and they're in our backyard, right? Right. So do you, do you see this more in like the technology and kind of climate space? Or do you think like other types of social impacts can also um, be tied to impact investing, like women's empowerment or like other types of causes? Mm-hmm. I think in Canada, because it's such a, it's such a new scene still, it's very limited in what you can uh, impact invest into. It's very much that clean tech or, you know, carbon offset programs where it's an environmentally related uh, impact. But in the States, it's much, much broader. And, and that's where, uh, you know, websites like Republic, which is that uh, website that allows you to invest as little as $10 into uh, a company as an angel investor, they have uh, women's founders, they have immigration founders, they have uh, environmentally related, but they also have uh, crypto, so technology and social impact. It's much broader, and that's where I see Canada going as it grows, uh, in being able to invest in you know a multitude of, of different ventures, but through that impact investing lens. Right, that's really exciting. That's something I've been thinking about for a while too. It's like, how can we put small amounts of money to use and and really, you know, help these new entrepreneurs or new ventures that are doing social good. So that's really exciting. Mm -hmm. I I hope we find something like that in Canada soon. (laughs) I I hope so too, honestly. (laughs) Awesome. So getting into some different questions, um, you're also very involved with like youth and encouraging youth to be entrepreneurs. So can you tell us a little bit more about that and like how you see youth entrepreneurship as being important and in um, addressing like the sustainable development goals and making an impact? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I worked with a company that called uh, the Junior Achievement Program. And what they are is they're a, a nonprofit that provides workshops for youth, uh, youth public schools in Canada. But what it does is it provides, in this workshop, they provide entrepreneurial opportunities and they really showcase it to youth to get it in the back. So I work with companies or nonprofits like that on a volunteer basis where it really is uh, getting people knowledgeable at a young age about entrepreneurship as a possible, um, you know, workplace in in the future, because not everyone thinks they're an entrepreneur, but really a lot of people could be. Uh, And I think it's an incredible space to be if it's for you. So I I work, uh, a lot of it's volunteer capacity, but it really, it's important to me because it's building it's building uh, the entrepreneurial scene in Canada, which right now is quite small in comparison to Canada, but it's also empowering people, right? An entrepreneur, if, if successful, creates, you know, tens of thousands of jobs or even, you know, 10 to 100 jobs, but is employing people and then providing that wage to be creative. So you're really making an industry that's providing creativity to the country. So it's really interesting in that it develops, you know, on an economic lens, but also develops on a uh, creative lens. So I find that that's always interesting and, and the reason why I got into it because you're allowed to build what you want to build, right? And you're empowering other people and building opportunity. 
I work with um, some other incubators uh, in the Simcoe County region, and I work with uh, other entrepreneurship centers. There's the Henry Burning Entrepreneurship Center at Georgian College in Barrie. And I work with them in, in bringing these entrepreneurial opportunities in you know, the crypto space or the social impact space. And it's a really cool opportunity to volunteer on that, to really provide those, uh, those knowledge skills for, for youth to get involved. Right. So in that sense, it's like entrepreneurship is a way to make social impact by both empowering youth, but also like the businesses they create. A hundred percent. And it, it provides uh, new opportunities. But I, I mean, if you look at studies, they're saying that 50% of the jobs that we'll have in the future aren't even created yet. And I think who creates those a lot of the times is the entrepreneurial space, right? And it's not necessarily just, I mean, tech is a, a very, very well known in large space of entrepreneurship, but there's, there's healthcare, there's other opportunities to be in the entrepreneurial space where you can build these and you can build these new jobs that people haven't even heard of yet, right? They might, it might not even be a job that's been invented and you have the ability to do that. So that's, that's full creativity and that's also a direction for the country. So it's a really important job too, and a really valuable job if you do do it. Mm -hmm. So outside of like the programs that already exist, like junior achievement and things like that, what else do you think needs to be done in Canada in order to really like scale up what's already happening and to really grow this kind of movement? Mm -hmm. um, I, I think there needs to be a little bit of a more, more of a focus on entrepreneurship in Canada. Uh, they're quite good at small and medium scale startups. There's a lot of support for beginning and a lot of support for the middle, but not a lot of support for the, the larger side of that. So you don't see a lot of large startups in Canada. You see a lot of them in the States. Uh, and so I think there needs to be a focus on all levels, right? If we want Canada to become an entrepreneurial capital of the world, we need to invest in, in companies in the beginning, but also then to stay. So that's uh, it's a really interesting part. And I mean, there always needs to be support for the, the beginning phase because that's, you know, in the first five years, 90% of startups fail. That's where a lot of the support needs to be held. And so as long as Canada continues building that through entrepreneurship centers and innovators and incubators, I think that we'll have more opportunity. And as Canada scales, you know, in the global market, I think uh, it will just inherently happen that more, there will be more resources and more opportunities. I think it just takes time, but Canada is quite new to the scene, right? We're becoming more recognized with it and we're having more entrepreneurs, uh, you know, every, every month. It's seeing where Canada's going. Right. And then asking that question also from an impact investing angle, what else do you think needs to be done? Like, should Canada kind of try to replicate what's going on in the U.S. or are there better models that we can be bringing into our country to, um, to grow this kind of impact investing movement? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I think Canada is doing a smart thing with uh, green bonds and carbon offset programs. As much as they don't make a, you know, as much of a return on investment as uh, investing in a tech startup in Silicon Valley will, it's providing a direct uh, social impact. And that social impact will benefit the economy. And, and there's stats that show that uh, clean tech and renewable energies provide more jobs and more opportunity now than any other space. So as long as we keep doing that, and Canada is very good at the environmental uh, aspect of impact investing, I think we have a very unique opportunity in Canada for that. Um, there, there's places like Waterloo in, in Ontario that's becoming the next uh, 
they think the Silicon Valley of Canada, right? So these things are happening. It's just, it takes time to build and, and Canada is quite new in that scene. But I'm interested to see if Canada keeps with that environmental stance, because I think we have a very unique perspective in that. We might then become the, uh, you know, the capital of, of environmentally related impact investing. Right. Yeah, I'm curious to see, like, if if it can be more diversified into, like, different types of impact, because, like, the last guest we had on this podcast was talking about gender lens investing, and that's, like, mm. a really um, interesting form of impact investing. And then, as you were saying, like, incorporating different populations, like immigrants or youth or, like, indigenous people even, like, there's a lot of... Mm a lot of people that I feel need to be brought into this conversation. And it's like, how can we best do that? Mm -hmm, 100%. And, and I mean, I, I've said it a couple of times, but Canada's new at it. So I think we have the opportunity to build to that capacity. I just don't for fully that yet. But uh, if we take some of the models of the states in entrepreneurship, and the states is quite good at that, there's so much opportunity in investing in, uh, um, some populations that don't have the support that others do, right? There's an equitable lens to it too, that we can, we can empower that through entrepreneurship. Right. So it's like impact investing and entrepreneurship kind of go hand in hand basically. And like in order for one to do well, the other has to work. A hundred percent. I think uh, impact investing is just a new model that, that can attach as a, you know, a module to entrepreneurship. But they all—they've always worked hand in hand. It's just—it's a new way of thinking, a new engineered way that also provides that direct impact to a community as well. Cool, exciting. Yeah. I'm like getting off of this podcast, being like really excited about the future. Um, yeah. So the last, <laughs> the last question that I ask everyone um, on this podcast is, what else do you think is needed to close the funding gap? in um, achieving like sustainable development? Um, I mean, the sustainable development goals, they're much more defined this, this round. The first time they did them, it was very broad, but they, they, every time they make new sustainable development goals, they're much, more, uh, they're much less broad and much more specific, which is actually a good thing because it allows them to be attainable. Uh, and so I think a lot, more, a lot more development needs to happen on them, but I mean that we need champions. We need champions to continue uh, picking each uh, sustainable development goal and actually running with it. And the one thing that's nice about entrepreneurship is you're able, you're adaptable and you're able to, you know, turn quickly uh, and turn in the right direction. But uh, if you have a sustainable development goal, I think it's, you know, important to align that with your business because it's, you know, economically beneficial, but you're also on a national international level you're you're using goals you're aligning with goals that are are beneficial for everyone so I, I think there's there's always a focus on them and and I've noticed that startups that align themselves with the the SDGs they do quite well right it's 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 important for the future on all aspects awesome I love it <laughs> great awesome. so that brings us to the end of our podcast. So if people want to connect with you or learn more about you, where can they do that? 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm really active on LinkedIn. LinkedIn's a, you know, a great community I've found because it's professional and, and uh, it's really positive in what they do. So people can find me at my profile and it's just Avery Conda. Uh, but check all the stuff that I'm doing and I post quite regularly on there. So uh, I'd love to connect with anyone. Awesome. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the $7 trillion ideas to save the world podcast. If you know someone who would love listening to this content, make sure to send it over to them so they too can learn about it. And together, let's change the world.